Hello, everybody. How's that? Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think our levels just went. Oh, did it? Okay. Took a deep breath. All right. G'day, everyone. Uh, Crafty Craig from Craftworks Distillery and Aussie Craft Distillers shooting the shit. And for only the second time, we are here. Uh oh, where's our view? Told you. We are all here in the same room at the same time. It's the second time, isn't it? Second time that we're all three of us here. Did I say two people? All right, three people. Three people. We're all here. Anyway, so tonight we've got uh, someone who's very dear to us. He's he's a lovely he's a lovely chap. He's uh, he's from the packing line, uh, straight from the packing line from Ned Whiskey. Scotty, how are you, my friend? Good. We got that shit automated now, so all good, baby. So you don't do anything? Is that <laughs> what you're just telling us? Presses the button now. Yeah, I mean, if, if I had stuff to do, would I be here with you? Like, let's be honest. Oh, oh, oh. sets a tone for the night. <laughs> I'm going to get a few jabs in before you start throwing them, right? Oh, oh, it's, it's Todd you've got to worry about. Oh, We're good. actually quite polite. <laughs> he, he, he's Mr. He, he's Mr. Magoo in the middle. He's the new guy with, you know, without his hat. Look, if oh. it, see, he's a hat, he's a Todd. No hat, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So first things first, Scotty. Um, so what we do is we we're obviously having a drink uh, tonight. We're drinking the Riverborns, uh, getting ready for the uh, the Australian Whiskey Show and also the Blue Mountains Flavors Festival. Um, and Riverborn and Craftworks are there, and we're down in the down the show as well. What are you drinking? What's um, what's in the can tonight? My, I, um, I drank on my cans last night, so I'm actually starting with a bit of what I like to call the OG, Ned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the classic, you know, the, the one that everything comes back to, the one that, you know, I think we're the, we're the proudest of in terms of where it's come from. And then we'll get into I've got a few other open bottles here. Um, I apologize I'm not at the office um, tonight. I'm, I'm at home. I've got a, quite an early flight tomorrow morning so i thought i'd better pack my bags before this stream happens because i don't know how this is going to end up um <laughs> and that five o'clock five o'clock alarm might come quite quickly but it does mean i've got a few bottles here that are uh, on the way to getting empty and i prefer yeah. that they get drunk tonight so i don't have to carry half empty bottles with me so we're going to work through um a few of those tonight all right and where, where are you off to tomorrow uh off to, off to melbourne yeah um I'm, I'm obviously Sydney-based. The distillery's in Melbourne. Um, haven't had a, as, as much of a chance this year to get down as, as I'd like to. Um, so it's been a couple of weeks. But um, as you say, the Australian Whiskey Show, um, ADA conference coming up. Um, yeah. Then back-ended into the Grand Prix, which is a, a supercars round and some tastings we got lined up next week. Melbourne Ooh. Cocktail Symposium. A whole bunch of stuff was a bit of a um, good excuse to book an Airbnb for the week and and uh, plonk myself down there. Wow. So, so when you um, when you sat down for the job interview with, with Ned Whiskey, and they said, "Whiskey and fast cars, we don't pay you, but we just we let you play with fast cars and whiskey." Was was that what got you across the line? You you, you jumped across and you joined them. Yeah, you know, it was it was an attractive proposition. I, it wasn't the supercars thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. 
it, it <laughs> wasn't that. So, I mean, we, we should, to, if we want to go back to where I sort of sit with Ned and, and you know, I'm, I'm not a distiller there. Um, I'm, I'm not a, uh, a brewer. Um, yeah. I, I am on the, um, and, you know, they don't even trust me with the packing line. I know we joked about it earlier, but far <laughs> more skilled people do that than me. Um, but I still do a bit of the, what we call industry engagement. So a right. bit of brand ambassadorial work that, you know, you traditionally call that um, some, some venue visits, some partnership management, some, you know, dealing with trade media and, and trying to get the word out there generally, um, you know, looking after a few of the websites and, and sort of helping out there where I can as well. So my, um, for, for those sort of roles, my um, history with that actually goes back. Um, and I saw Daniel was on there before. Um, G'day to Daniel was in, was in Dubbo. Um, I was out at, uh, I was working for the Oak Barrel at the time and yeah. I had just done a weekend's worth of tastings at establishment bar out there, I think for the first time. So going back a few years now, probably 2018, I want to say. Um, uh, and on the way home, waiting um, the next morning, I, I saw Ned Whiskey pop up and I sort of just did some research on who who they were and what was going on. And we sort of started it there and we did actually meet for the first time at Bathurst at a car race um, at, at the 12th. <laughs> I think that was 2019 or 2020. Um, right. now, you know, we, we, from that point on, we took them through, um, took them on at the Oak Barrel, um, an, an earlier iteration, but a, a similar sort of concept to what, what I'm drinking right now. Yeah. Um, and then towards the end of, of lockdown, um, I was sort of getting close to that eight years in, at Oak Barrel, you know, running what I consider to be the best bottle store in the country, um, mm. spirit side of thing. And, and was looking for a bit of a new challenge. I think a bit of that lockdown fatigue had set in. Yeah. Um, and so we, we had a chat and, and here I am and, I'm, you know, we, we can pick it apart, but I think it's an incredible um, project for, for Australian whiskey and Australian spirits. Um, obviously, whiskey is not the only thing we do. So um, while the supercars thing was certainly an added bonus, um, there's a few other underlying elements that probably got me across the line. Yeah, well, let's let's we'll, we'll talk more about Ned's in a sec, but but I want to go back to uh, the Oak Barrel. Um, so for me, and I say this all the time, the Oak Barrel for me is my spiritual home. It's where I did a lot of learning uh, in the about two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and, and beyond. Um, and first, it was with Dave Withers who ran the Oak Barrel, then the spirit side, and it was the educations, it was meeting distillers, it was all that. And I remember the day that Dave said, that said, I'm, I'm calling it, and went to Archie Rose. And then you walked in the door, and I remember the first tasting you were there, and it was me and it was a group of other guys, and we're going, he's not going to be a Dave. He, he's just not going to be a Dave. It's not going to be the same, right? And you came in and you bought a whole different dimension uh to tastings and engagement and 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 this this relaxed persona i'm gonna say it it's my tagline but i'm gonna say it humanizing the art of whiskey you you know you brought barriers down and it was friendly and it was funny as fuck um and um yeah so i've i've thanked you in the past and i thank you now um you you know you've you've been a great inspiration and and i love how you connect with people so what did you learn? Because you came from thanks, a journalist. Thanks, thanks Mum. <laughs> yeah, Alex isn't on, so I thought I'd better, I better say something. Um, 
So you came from a journalist background, right? And then you went to the Oak Barrel. So go back to your journalist days to talk about the Oak Barrel and then talk how, what skills did you take out of those into NEDS and what you're doing now? Yeah, look, I, well, yeah, you're right. I was I was a music journo um, out, of, out of high school. That was that's what I did, you know. So that was my profession, I guess you'd call it. Although, you know, I hesitate to say that music journalism is a, is a real profession. You know, probably what I do now isn't a real profession either. Um, but, um, yeah, so I came out, and funnily enough, very similar story to, to you. I, we had an office um, just up the road from the Oak Barrel. So it was, I'd, I'd walk, you know, across the city to go to the Oak Barrel and chat to Dave, you know, once or twice, you know, in a month to buy the new bottle for the office and, and go to a lot of tastings there. Um, yeah. Then a very, very similar sort of concept. Um, I was looking for a, a new challenge. Um, had become, you know, good good mates with Dave and a, a few other of the, the locals and regulars who went to those tastings, which you know, I still am to this day. And I remember he announced he was moving on to something called Archie Rose. And first answer was, so the bloody hell is an Archie Rose? Um, and sort of outlined something. And funny enough, I see a lot of similarities in what I did to, to what he did, but we can touch on that. And then sort of had the chat and then spoke to, I, I'd been running Dram Club with a very good mate of mine, Yvette Myhill, um, on the side of our our day jobs, yep. Um, which is basically just running whiskey tastings in pubs the way that we wanted to run whiskey tastings, um, which, you know, Crafty hit a few keywords there with loose and fun. If you want to order a schnitty or a beer in between, bloody oath, go for your life. Like, you know, de demystifying what, you know, we're going back, you know, over a decade now was yeah. quite a, it looked like quite a hard industry to get into. So, um, yeah, those, those conversations progressed and, and jumped along. I mean, that was that was scary, to be honest. Like, leave my profession, you know, after sort of, you know, getting roughly eight years of working in that, bang, to pivot to something completely different. I mean, arguably the only other job I could drink more at than being a music journalist was actually working in a whiskey store. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but it was, it was a bit daunting, but I, 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 I loved it. I think I was lucky in the fact that I'd done a bit of radio work. I'd done a bit of panel work, you know, um, sort of hosting forums and that sort of stuff at various music conferences around Australia. So that comp and I'd, I'd hosted tastings through dram clubs. So that confidence to get up and, yeah. and talk, which I think is a, a big jump for a lot of people, um, yeah. came, came quite natural. Um, and I think anyone who, who sort of is, is looking at that as a bit of a barrier, mate, it is, it's just practice. Like people think that great orators, you know, get it from birth. And it's bullshit. It's just like anything else in life. It's just practice. Practice breeds confidence, and away you go. It's a muscle. It's You've a got muscle. to keep on using it. And uh, yeah, sure. If you're off the bike for a while, it'll hurt a little bit once you get jump back on. Uh, but yeah, keep on plugging yeah. away, and eventually yeah. you'll get it. And and if I think you need help, there's always Viagra. There is always Viagra. There is all, and apparently it's good stuff. <laughs> Sorry, there's a bit of a discussion going on. <laughs> I know, I've, I've, I've heard um, confidence or conversations about what happens out at the shed, mate, so this doesn't surprise me. <laughs> the problem is he always Viagra wears... Viagra does not pay... pay he wears much. very loose shorts. Mate, so you, it's, uh, you've got to amuse yourself. You're there on your own. I mean, Jesus, what are you going to do? And apparently even when you're by yourself, you need Viagra. <laughs> And, and some people ask me why I don't want to get into the distilling side of things. And I was like, well, you know. 
Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, now we've got the tone right. For the, for the... <laughs> and yes. I hope I'll second that. Crafty does yeah. have a lot of practice talking. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if, if, if anyone's got the bingo card at home, Viagra came up quite early on in the piece this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> right, so back on topic. Okay. So, so just jump in shift a little bit. What was it you said earlier tonight? If you talk too much, you do what? Choke. You choke. Yeah. So he talks too much, but I've never seen him choke. So I do I'm choke. not too sure how much talking he has to do to do that. <laughs> no, I do. I do. Yogurt's my friend. All right. All right. Yeah, I look at, 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 the, at the risk of this, you know, becoming a bit of this is your life. Um, I, I guess the, 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 the key point that I wanted that I think is really important about this is I came from, you know, when I was a music journalist, I had no expectation that 10 years down the track, I'd be running whiskey tastings or, or hosting whiskey tastings. And I probably brought those sort of skills to it, that select set of skills. But unless your last name is Lark, everyone in this industry has come in via an opt-in sort of method. Like our parents didn't grow up with distilleries that we inherited. You know, we didn't, yeah. you know, you know, yeah. some of us have now gone and done courses, but we didn't study, you know, distilling or brewing it in university, the, the, the most of us. So we as an industry bring so many different skill sets from so many different places. And I think, you know, that that's part of what attracted me to the, the top shelf Top Shop International is our parent company. That's who employs me um, to that project because we got people from all over um, Australia and all different, you know, sets of uh, sets of industries. I mean, I, I think you know, Crafty. I'll throw this one back, back at you a little bit. As a as a distiller, you are not just a distiller, and, and Todd, this goes for you as well. But you've got to be a graphic designer and you know a tax man and a you know marketeer and a, and a salesperson, and so. By actually bringing in people who have done those sort of jobs before, the amount of stuff that we can learn as an industry and stuff that I've learned personally, um, and that goes from people who have run very big companies and just how they physically work and how you know people that have worked in, in brand building and how you physically do that to people who, you know, how do you approach a chain of retail stores? How do you approach a Coles or a Woolies? You know, all, all that sort of stuff I think is really exciting um, about this next phase of our industry and as it matures a little bit more yeah early earlier today crafty and i were talking about um uh, the entrepreneurial brain and how that's different to a regular person who doesn't have a thousand ideas and want to act on a thousand ideas at once you've probably seen a lot of distilleries come and go what do you think it is that makes them sticky? And so I think, like, it's, it's a great question. And um, I don't think we can answer it just yet because we've seen a lot of distilleries come. There hasn't really been too many that have gone. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's been a few and a big high-profile ones, but certainly more distilleries are starting in Australia than there are closing, and long may that continue. Um but I think there's still, there's some, like it's, it's a, with it, well, I'm trying not to be too vague and, and give a, a silver bullet answer, but there's not a silver bullet answer, right? Yeah. Um, oh, we no. still need, there's still gaps in our industry that we need to fill. I, I think Top Shelf and Ned are filling a gap that, um, or we're hoping to fill a gap that probably 
needs to be filled. Um, there's there's a few different spots, and if you, I, I think, if you don't have a clear plan of who you are and what you want to be, whether that is a corner distillery that sells everything you make on at the markets on once a once a, a Sunday every every month, and you make five hundred bottles a year, or you want to make five million bottles a year, I think that's that's probably a big danger that we've seen in the last little while of not being clear on on where you want to go. And I think, um, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the whiskey in a bottle is the bell and end all. If you've got a shit product, you're going to be found out pretty soon. So yeah. that's, that's the base level. Then there's like all these other little, little one presenters. In, in 10, 20 years, it's going to be a, a fascinating case study. Just like we look back on wine in the, in the eighties, you know, in Australia, new world yeah. producing company, big growth opportunities. Everyone's seeing the, the the gold at the end of the rainbow jumping, and there were there are a few casualties from from that. You know, um, and it's only really in that hindsight that um, you can you can sort of analyze that properly. I mean, yeah. there's lots of things going on in the world, and if if I had the answer, you know, we'd all be rich, right? <laughs> and 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 there, we'd all be coming, and there'd be no going. But um, unfortunately, no one in the in the world knows that. Yeah. Mm. It's um, related but not related. I, I'm always fascinated by you hear about the gold rush, right? And it wasn't the miners who made the money. It was the, the places that set up the shops and made the spades and, and mm. fed the miners, right? It's, it's all the associated industries. Applied them with whiskey. Applied them full of whiskey, yeah. exactly right. So in our industry, right, there is the gold rush as people sometimes refer to it and not realizing how bloody hard it is it's it's you know it, it's a slog it's small business like any small business but who in your mind who are the people around the distilleries who are the the the, the you know the the axe manufacturers and the spade manufacturers and the clothing who's that in our industry oh that's a good it's, question. Re it's retailers isn't it the retailers, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I'm, I love the fact we have, you know, a few more cooperages in, in the country than we did 10 years ago. Um, mm. I don't think you can have 100 coopers, you know, cooperages and, and have, you know, one next to every distillery. Um, but I think it needs to be that it's, it's the retailers and, and the bar scene. Um, I, think, I think we're spe speaking of coopers. Yeah, yeah. Young if if, if I say his name three times in a mirror, he appears, which is always good to know. <laughs> He's always yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but yeah, but I think um, yeah, I think it's it's a really good question. But I think retailers, but especially the bar scene. Um, Melbourne has a has a world class bar scene. We've got um, I'm obviously Sydney based, and COVID lockdowns was was a brutal, brutal time. Yeah. We're still feeling the effects, but I think from it, we are seeing an absolute world-class scene because you can't afford to be not world-class in this in Sydney anymore because everything is so expensive. Property prices didn't didn't drop in half. Um, hey, big bad daddy, Mark. I hey, missed him when uh, he was out in Australia. It's very disappointing, mate. Good to see so us. I. I so wanted to catch up with him. Um, but yeah, so but it's it's for and if if you know. Spirit producers generally, whether you're making whiskey or vodka or rum or gin or anything, um, yeah. you, you need to be like, I think it, a really strong Australian spirits industry will make a 
very, very good, occasionally world-class hospitality industry, world-class more often than not. Mm. Let's just for a minute, uh, just to digress it, but I want to talk about COVID. I want to talk about um, what you did, what Joey did, what um, Matt Bailey did. Um, you were at the, the coalface in front of the monitors, you know, burning the midnight oil, keeping people engaged. Um, and at the time, people were saying, you know, the world's changed, you know, and going forward, this is going to be a big part of, of how we interact uh, with the consumers in the future and that. Has that happened? Or have you think it's sort of gravitated back to what it was pre-COVID? Uh, I, I, th I think there's a bit of column A, a bit of column B. Um, you know, yeah. we, we were lucky. We were already doing a virtual aspect to things prior to, to COVID. We'd identified that we needed to get our tastings out to more people. And we had sort of tossed around some ideas to do that. And lockdown sort of kicked us in the gear. Um, yeah. For me, it has been a, a little bit... Not, not disappointing, but I guess it's a bit of a shame that I I would have liked a little bit more of that sort of hybrid style event um, mm -hmm. to continue on. Yep. I mean, I think we are we are a big country and it's hard to get, you know, between the two major cities, Sydney and Melbourne, for mm -hmm. a day, you know, let alone trying to get to our friends in Perth and, and those sorts of things. So, um, like, I, it, it was difficult. The logistics of it were we're a nightmare more often than not, you know, sending out parcels, parcels getting lost, incredible freight fees. Let's not talk about our friends at OzPost. Um, <laughs> but yes. it just like, I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more than, than there is sort of carried, carried through. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, this is still great. We'd like, you wouldn't be doing this. You wouldn't be having these conversations. You wouldn't be drawing this information out of the, the people that you've got and will have in all the months leading up to the end of the year. Yeah. without this this sort of technology being refined. I don't know if you remember those first weeks. Guaranteed, this stream goes down three times in the first 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Guaranteed, the comments, you know, get messed up. You, like, the colours are screw if, and they were, like, they were developing on the fly. You could see, like, sometimes day to day, things yeah, would be yeah. different colours and trying different things. So, yeah. I, I like, it's pushed that technology along, and we should, we should do more of it. Um, and I think now we've got the confidence and... Importantly, the consumers have the confidence as as well. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, I'll just throw throw under the bus. Well, throw a shameless plug in oh, that we haven't got our show. we haven't got the tickets up yet, but we are holding an event, a hybrid event, uh, tasting both in uh, at the Oak Barrel and mm. uh, play along at home with tasting packs for Waterford in April. In April twenty six. I should know this off the top of my head. Anyway, the, the yep. tickets are... Josh is about to release those tickets. Um, and for me, for the last three weeks, it's been like finger in the in the, in the, in the dike. You know, people wanting tickets and it's like... Don't stick it in the dike. Don't stick it. Told you. <laughs> um, it's going to be an absolutely high-energy, fun night. And it's myself... It's uh, Dave Withers from Archie Rose, and it's Nick Hope from Dusky Barrel. And we are debranded. We are not Craftworks Archie Rose and Dusky Barrel. Uh, we are Dave, Nick, and Crafty, and it's for the love of Waterford. Um, 
which in my opinion is one of the most exciting progressive distilleries on the planet. Mm. Um, so yeah, so it's going to be a virtual um, and live event, Scotty. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be virtually yeah. live. Virtually, virtually live, live. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, I th I, you know, going back to what we were saying before, it's a new skill. Like I learned a lot when we could have those, you know, restricted capacities in venue yeah. to keep them engaged as yeah. well as an online audience engaged yeah. as well as a international guest on a big TV at the front engaged yeah. while not yeah. tripping over each other's audio, you know, for the budget of about 500 bucks, you know, yeah. these were skills we're all learning. Right. And so hopefully we, we were getting half decent at them by the end of lockdown. So let's, yeah. let's not throw them away. Let's keep refining. And um, mm. I mean, you, you look at the top end of town for this sort of technology, you know, conferences and, and that sort of thing you know we we had um you know artists appearing at holograms at festivals in 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 the past right there's been i think it was adelaide adelaide fringe had a had comedian appear as a hologram from darwin or something don't quote wow. don't quote me on the festival but like yeah, it's, it's yeah. out there right so it's it's happening um yeah. you know and i think consumers enjoy it if if, if the product's good enough that's up to us as as content yeah. creators as brands as, as whatever you want to call it um, to, to make the, the case compelling. Yeah. So what? So if you had to give us three jewels of wisdom on how to run this Waterford night, what would you say? Besides don't Drink. fuck it up. What can, can it be four? Can it be four, four. things? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, wear pants. Drink, piss, be happy. Yeah. <laughs> because if, if you're... If, I think we can if, do that. Yeah. If, 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 if you're having fun, then the audience sees that you're, you're having fun, right? Whether that's in person or, um, you know, virtually. Nothing yeah. nothing creates energy oh. like energy. Like it just it breeds. It's just like laughter, right? Yeah. You, you, you can watch a, a fantastic TV show at home by yourself in dead silence thinking that's hilarious. It's not until someone sits next to you that you actually laugh out loud at it, yeah. right? So yeah. build, build, build that community and then there's just – Little things, make sure your mic's plugged in. Um, that's always a good head start that we stuffed up a few times. Um, if, if you're using, we had a little roadcaster um, and we had some audio wash issues. So I was pulling it up and putting it down and pushing it up and putting it down. Remember to push it back up when you want to say something funny or exciting because otherwise no one will hear it. Um, but yeah, just little <laughs> things like that. There's nothing worse than having to repeat a joke. No. Nah. It sort of loses the punch. Yeah. Or, just or a 15 second delay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and mine, mine certainly aren't good enough the first time or ever, let alone good enough the second time. <laughs> From uh, experience, it doesn't have to be 15 seconds. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, we've had a question come in from uh, Dave Carolyn Taylor uh, about supercars. Probably a good time to chat about them. How have the uh, BH Supercars sponsorship helped your brand? So, look, it's, 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 it's a great question. And I, th I think we need to sort of, you know, understand what net is yeah yeah, um, yeah. At, at the i mean like i stocked net at the oak barrel and it was the cheapest australian whiskey there by by a mile and 99 percent of you know australians do not drink 150 100 whiskeys you know i i had to recalibrate my mind a little bit having worked at oak barrel where the average basket for spirits was around that 120 to 140 mark depending on the month yeah. to going that um, above $60 is a premium whiskey and mm. above about 79 
80 bucks is an ultra premium whiskey. And that is how people sort of, sort of react. So um, Ned has a, has a role, I think in, in the Australian whiskey industry, we've got, I think we make an incredible product um, like the OG sitting at, you know, 60 bucks, 700 mils, 40% spirit, a, a bourbon style, if you will, you know, corn, wheat and rye mash bill that right. takes some things from the bourbon industry, some things from single malt production, you know, where our, our, our pot stills very single malt, our spirit cuts are very single malt, we louter, you know, all this sort of nerdy stuff, taking things from both to try and make something as quintessentially Australian yeah. um, to, to, and at that price point as well. Once we've done that, we, I, I believe we make an incredible product. Um, this is when I get to the bit to answer David and, and or Caroline's question, is the next stage is eyeballs. You know, we will always lose a fight trying to out marketing spend the big boys because, yeah. you know, in, in this category is multinationals, right? So it's, it's not even a two to one. It's a 2,000 to one, you know, yeah. if that we're going to get. So what can we do to get eyeballs, to get liquid on lips, yep. to get people trying the product who don't know that we make whiskey in Australia, may not know that we make spirits in Australia, you know, um, we, we can live in that 1% bubble very, very easily um, and then sort of turn around and go, well, why isn't this working? You know, if, if, if we can, and that, again, that's part of Ned's responsibility and, and Top Shelf's responsibility. If we can make a compelling product that people enjoy at the 60, you know, $80 price point, then yeah. when that person is ready to spend $200, you know, maybe the kids get together for mum and dad's anniversary or whatever it is to buy a special bottle, Whoever's got bottles at two hundred to three hundred dollars doesn't need to have the fight about Australian whiskey. They don't need to convince the drinker, the consumer, that that's a, a, a viable proposition because we've already done it. Then you just have to worry about, you know, being being the best at, at, at that you can be. So, and there's, you know, we're having all sorts of conversations about what whiskey is in Australia, what what it can be. We're obviously not a single malt, but you know, one of the questions I get asked all the time is. You know how old is it? It's like three summers. You know because it, it won't it won't go four or five summers in a Melbourne climate, right? It just mm. it, it won't get there. You know, yep. We're starting to use some second fill barrels to see if it will get there, but that that's a, a jarring conversation for someone who has been trained in the past, you know, 10, 20 years to drink twelve and eighteen year old blended Scotch because that's what is marketed. You know, brands have or did have taglines say age matters, so. If we can demystify that at our stage, it means, you know, whoever it is up there doesn't need to justify why their six-year-old is the same price as a 21-year-old, you know. it's And so that's just one example um, of, of the, but, you know, that's part of our responsibility. So, yeah, the, the, the Supercars sponsorship, you know, gives us a great opportunity to to do that, just eyeballs, 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 eyeballs. I mean, we, we do a, a lot of other ones. We, we do the... Um, we partnered with a lot of festivals, any Slipknot fans um, getting out to that, to Knotfest. I think it's tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday up the East Coast. Um, yeah, you'll be drinking netted grain shaker in, in hand there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's and it's it can't be just one thing as well. But I'll go back to, like, we have to be a little bit selective about where we are um, and yeah. what we want to do because we just don't. If, if we try and fight on all fronts, we, we'll get we'll get clobbered. Um and, and one thing I will say about supercars, if, if people are maybe not familiar with 
with motorsport. You know, it is the the premier Australian motorsport category. It's it's a touring car category, and yeah. motorsport around the world is very very expensive. You know, m- mum and dad could you know can buy you a footy and some boots to go kick that around, or a bat and ball to play cricket. Buying a go kart's probably going to cost you know tens of thousands of dollars a you know a weekend to go race. So it's just not achievable, but it, it's caused this consolidation where a lot of motorsport classes around the world have gone to a global formula. So basically, yeah. if you're Mercedes or Audi or Ferrari, you build one car, it can be entered in 20 different series around the world. Um, and if you've got the, the means to, you can go and hire some Ferrari factory drivers to drive with you at all the big events around the world. Um, supercars still, and we've seen it this year with the introduction of Gen 3, is still built from scratch. For, for better or worse, from from scratch, Australian cars, engineers, mechanics sitting in warehouses around Australia, building these things, and and you know, let's be honest, troubleshooting a lot of things in the past, you know, two or three months, and yeah, everyone said you, you're mad. You know, it's there's far cheaper and easier ways to do it, but I think the product is quintessentially Australian, and that yeah. is such an organic, natural story for us to tell alongside it. You know. You walk around our distillery and you go, Shit, you could do that easier. Well, actually, that doesn't make a lot of sense. You can't do that. And it's a, well, why not? If, if, it, if it makes the best product that we can, guided by flavor, in their case, guided by entertainment, then, you know, that's where we want to be. So as well as the eyeballs, it's just a very natural, organic conversation to have, I think. So the, so the Ned brand, give us a bit of a background of how that came about and, and it, I mean, it's very Australian, but, but yeah, fill us in on the background on that. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the good thing about net is as a brand is top shelf international is, is publicly listed. We're on yeah. the ASX as TSI. So anything I tell you, if I'm lying, you can go and Google it and, and put me out on it. So there's, there's, there's no hiding when you're a public company, which I quite like. Um, but, a very big, quick background. And obviously, I've been with Ned for about 18 months now and have worked with the brand, but certainly not in the brand prior to that. Mm-hmm. It started a um, couple of mates sitting around a Melbourne pub drinking some form of bourbon and cola out of a can saying, yep. why don't we make this in Australia? So the first Neds, and these are the ones I saw on my phone at that when I was sitting in that park in Dubbo, was Australian whiskey and cola. But there wasn't a distillery, right? It was sourced externally, brought together. Yep. They worked on someone to build a canning line. As the, the story, and it was quite successful, as, as the story developed and people came in and, and some investors, you know, saw the possibility, that's when our distillery was built in, and sort of completed in 2019, um, which has is now, we like to say, it's, as far as we're aware, the, only, the world's only grain-to-can distillery in the world. Um, you know, grains come in. Whiskey and cola, whiskey and dry comes down the can as well as the, the bottled spirit. But it yeah. was there was a, a real um, understanding within in the company back then. If we, if we want to take a run at this, you know, we need to bottle this this spirit as well. We you know sort of control the process and, and and bottle it. And so, as far as the the and and like that's what we're we're drinking now. That's what's in in the market. But as far as the Ned brand goes, um, I never met the geezer. Right, I couldn't tell you whether he was a good bloke or a bad bloke. Um, <laughs> but the one thing I do know is that history is always more complex than it seems. Yeah. Um, so you, you've always got different stories, different angles, different perspectives. But when you look at Ned Kelly as the character, as the narrative character that we have sort of um, adopted as a, 
a, a pioneer and as a, as a founder of the the Australian spirit of what it means to be Australian, that sort of backs against the wall, the underdog, the, you know, a couple of fingers to authority, you know, all that sort of stuff. That's again, very much how we want to approach distilling. Yeah. You know, people, and I get it all the time. People come up to me at tastings and they go, well, that can't be any good because it's in a can. And then you try it and you're doing a Pepsi challenge with maybe an American bourbon that's double the price and has 200 years of history. And, and they pick Ned and you go, Mate, absolutely, we can do it. And, you know, we, we're our distillery. If it was in America, we, we break the rules of bourbon. We you wouldn't be able to call it bourbon. We wouldn't be able to call it, you know, a single malt scotch in Scotland. Yeah. But why would we? Why would we try and copy and paste something from there for the sake of it? Because it's just been done before. Yeah. You know, we, we know we made mixed grain whiskies through column and pot stills, sometimes just column, sometimes just pot, sometimes a variation 100, 120 years ago in Victoria. So, yeah. It's actually very interesting as we're going back and looking at some of the history, and this is a conversation for another day, some of the lessons we've learnt in the last couple of years, or the past couple of years, I should say, and we've adapted our, our production to, and then you'll go through and find something in an old book and be like, shit, they figured out the same thing. Maybe we actually actually go back and read a little bit more of this so that it doesn't take us another year of R&D to get to the same answer. So, um, you know, Ned... The story of Ned, the character of Ned, is quintessentially Australian. Yeah. The good, the bad, the ugly—that's what it is. And our distillery and the way we approach things is quintessentially Australian as well. And we're we're finding it's mirroring what you know people who who built this industry hundred years ago um, were also doing. It's really, it's relatable. I, I I just want to say something quickly. So um, one brand in the Australian market, which I think is absolutely fascinating is Cooper's Cooper's brewery right and Cooper's are building a building uh, a whiskey distillery and there's going to be Cooper's whiskey the brand Cooper's whiskey is already established because of the Cooper's beer brand and the loyal following following will transition to whiskey so easily it's it's such an Australian thing. Well, you have to roll the bottle. <laughs> you have to oh, roll, yeah. the, I roll so. the bottle. <laughs> if, 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 you're, if you remember those old Blackadder uh, independent bottlings, Robin's, Robin's company, and he used to have a little bit of the barrel char in the, yeah, yeah, in the yeah. raw cast bottlings, I'd like yeah. to see that in a Cooper's, yeah. in a, in a, in a Cooper's <laughs> bottle of whiskey. I reckon that'd be a nice little piece. <laughs> But yeah, the, the the whole branding and and the storytelling and the authenticity it, it's it's such a big part of it, isn't it? it it's um, I mean, one of the things I see sometimes is people will pop up on the scene and they've gone and spent forty thousand dollars with a marketing company and they've gone, here's your brand. Oh, what's that? Is that rain? That's a tree. Oh, it's a tree. Sorry, we're caving in here. Um, and they've spent you know forty odd thousand. They've got a brand, and they and bang, it's up on social media. And you can see it straight away, and you go, "It's you just bought a brand off the shelf." There's no authenticity. There's no There's connection. No story. There's no story. Mm. Um, so that that authenticity, that that realness, is is so ugly. And I think you do as well. Is just so important uh in in your brand building isn't it yeah can i can i, can I challenge you on that crafty Ooh, just and go. you know I, I, again it's like learning learning all the time yeah um you know coopers have that brand that's fantastic but if you look at you know 
Cooper's had to start somewhere. Yeah. Right. There was a time where Cooper's wasn't, you know, nationally recognizable. And yep. that's true for a, a lot of brands. And you look at, you know, like a lot of things, you look at food and beverage, you know, everything from chocolate bars to, to pet food and, and let's, let's look at current like vitamin water and seltzers and, and that sort of stuff. And, you know, our very good friend in the chat here, Wolfburn, you know, Wolfburn was a, is a story that existed, but the current Wolfburn, even though it's roughly in the same place and they're, they're trying to be true to the original story, mm-hmm. there's, there's no, like, it's not the same distillery, mm-hmm. but that, that, but by doing things really well and actually thinking about how you're going to build brands, you know, I, I think there's a, I, I agree, transparency, um, being true to the form, being true to the art, being honest and open with consumers is, is a big, is, is, is paramount. Yeah. But you, 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 like, I wouldn't go and launch a whiskey that was Fitzsimons family whiskey and say, I'm a good bloke and I make it and therefore it's good because I'm a good bloke. That's, that's, that's not enough. And I think, mm. you know, you know and, and when people go like, look, look at Four Pillars. Unbelievable brand. I mean, what, what does Four Pillars mean? It, it's not a it's not a town. It's not a city. It's it's like they've built a brand. Archie Rose is the same thing. You know, most people. And Archie Rose is an interesting one. You know, again, a lesson of brand building, um, particularly with their gins. We'd have people say, "Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Archie Rose vodka. I just I'm just not a big fan of of rose flavored gin." And so people were thinking Archie Rose Gin was a rose-flavoured gin from someone called Archie, you know? So yeah, it's yeah. all these little things. So, And I would say Archie Rose is now recognised. I would say yeah. that Four Pillars is well-recognised. I think Never Never, you know, what is what is Never Never? It's an Aussie slang, right? So yeah. you, you have to, like, brand building and, and you know, enhance, like giving that authenticity and all those things that we, we, we know we need a platform to sit on is really yeah. important, you know? And, I mean, this is where we get into, this is expensive, right? Like, it's the, the, these are not $5,000 pay someone to design a logo and away you go jobs. You know, they take time. They take, and, you know, we're, we're running into it. You know, you can see Ned Whiskey here on my little um, tag here is capitalised. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought coming into this that I was going to have a challenge sort of, with Ned Kelly as the person and, you know, that was going to be the, it's, that's not an issue at all. The issue we have is a betting company called Ned's and, you know, crafty, you, you, you said it before. It's very easy to say, Hey, does anyone want a, a glass of Ned's? Hey, let's get some Ned's out of the, out of the fridge. And it's actually, well, that's a betting company. So mm. you'll see, and I'm, I'm still not great at this. This is an old hat, right. but this should every, every Ned should now, every time the Ned logo appears, should be with the head, the logo, and the words Australian whiskey, because we need to drill home eyeball after eyeball. It is Australian whiskey. It is Ned. You know, Ned comes from Ned Kelly, but it's Australian whiskey, Australian whiskey, Australian whiskey. No, I would not take your bet on tonight's Parramatta Penrith game. I do not, I'm not running on tonight. So it's so like I, I guess I'm elaborating on, on what you just what you're saying there. Like all no, that right. stuff matters, but yeah. And, and like this is this is the beauty of it, like, um, of, of you know, and what appealed to me for, for TSI was you know Trent Fraser, who is sort of our our president of agave um, process. We've got a, an agave company launching in in October November this year, which we can talk about if you want. But Christ, that's all I'm going to be talking about for about twelve months after it launches. <laughs> you know, he's he, he's from Adelaide. He spent a lot of it's um he, he's in 
he spent all like the last X amount of years in in New York building tequila brands, and like tequila in America, yeah, that's a big market, but a very competitive one, right? Mm, and yeah. he had the second biggest selling tequila brand in, and just the way he thinks about things and being able to ask questions is just so completely different. With you know, I know Crafty Todd and Luke, we've had some beautiful nights out, you know between us, but our conversations at Baxter's are probably a little bit different to the ones that I had with him at Baxter's, right? You know, <laughs> ne ne neither is better or worse, but, you know, just the more knowledge we can bring in, I think helps all of us because I just, you know, that sort of, we're going to survive off authenticity. Yeah, mate, look, look at craft brewing. It's it's far easier and quicker to set up a craft beer brewery yeah. than it is to set up a, distill a distillery, just the, the nature of the, of the product. And, yeah. You know, again, maybe maybe this was a better way to answer your question earlier, Luke. You know, look at look at the craft beer breweries we're losing. What what did they do wrong, rather than what did what did we do wrong? And I'll be very interested. You know, ADA conference uh, this weekend. People that come up to me, and I won't be able to ask these questions, but I'll pass them on to people in the business who who can. You know, hopefully it's not questions about simple things, but how do you scale? You know, like what is like. What what are those sort of questions? How do how do we arrange our distillery? And I go beautiful. Here's our you know production engineer. Here's our you know our CEO. Like these people can answer those questions of how you actually do the things that yeah. you know potentially whatever that distillery is doesn't have the knowledge to do. Mm. I just want to touch on something about uh, advertising. So yes, you know how I'm a massive fan of Brook Laddie, right? Are you? Uh, just a little bit. Just a little so you bit. You can check that one off your so video. Are you card. Now, yep, yep, yep. So uh, it was only what? Uh, it's only 45 minutes in, and I've mentioned Brook Laddie. Okay. So, oh, yeah, what are you on, Scotty? That, that's uh, so, I've, as, as we've been talking, I've gone through the Net OG. Yeah. And I've gone onto the new Green Sash, um, which, and I, I, maybe I can tell an interesting story about Green Sash and, and approaching the on premise world with that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm now onto Sounds of Bathurst. Which is where we sound aged, what we call sound aging. A couple of, oh, a couple was a few. This was about twelve barrels of Ned to the audio of the in car of the the car we sponsor in the supercars, yeah. blasting the shit out of it and so adding a different form of energy. Yeah. So how this is a work? changing a chemical reaction in this to make a, a whiskey that is different. It's an interesting whiskey. It's called sonification. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah what what yeah, was that yeah. process like? You, you, you loud, had a very loud. A recording so gun, you set the barrels beside the, uh, beside so the, the first, track. How did that work? So the first time, so we take the audio from last, the in-car audio. So mm -hmm. we, if you watch car racing, you you know, when they do the in-car audio, it's, it's, a, it's mm -hmm. basically that sort of equivalent. First year we did it, we got speakers, strapped them to either end of the barrel, so put the barrels on their sides, blasted the shit out of them, drove all of our distillers insane because whether they were interested in the sport or not, they knew every gear change, every braking marker around Bathurst <laughs> after three months. Last year we thought we'd give them a little bit of respite and built a shipping container and, put it and soundproof it and put it in there. And we're just starting the process for this year's one as well. Um, but... Like people come and say, you know, and I hate the word, you know, hyper aged and that sort of stuff, and it's not right. Yeah, yeah. But let's. I'm I'm not a chemist. I'm not a I'm not a distiller. I'm not a producer, a brewer. People are smarter than me. Do that sort of stuff. But maturation, it goes in clear. It comes out different, different color, different flavors, different texture. Right? What's happening? A lot of chemical reactions. 
you know, in 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 Scotland and, and those sort of countries, a lot of slow chemical reactions in Australia it happens quite quickly. When you go into the shipping container and put your hand on the top of the barrel while that's while the sound is playing, there's a vibration. Yeah. You know, we can feel it. So not only is are we getting into the oak, but there's aeration happening. You know, we're agitating, we're changing the chemical reaction. And we yeah. take those barrels out, they would have been net OG. And yeah. as soon as you sound edge them, they become something different. So we, we could leave them, you know, say we left them both for another few years. It's not like that would be a, a bonus year of Ned. They're just, they're just different whiskies. So it's, it's different to, you know, say putting on the bottom of the ship, you know, which has been done through history, um, yeah. you know, and they're sloshed around. It's because that's a slower sort of thing. Same sort of concept, but mm. it's just it's different. And again, why not? Right? Like, yeah. You're adding like, something. Why, why the adding, hell not? You're adding something else, though. You're adding energy. So yes, exactly. That's yeah. By adding a different form of energy, we change the maturation process. Yeah, you, 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 it would it would affect the molecular composition. But absolutely, yep. it would. So yeah. it's 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 a it's a chemistry experiment. It's mm. it's year, year ten taken, chemistry without so have Bunsen burns. Taken your distillers after listening to all those gear changes <laughs> uh, for for twelve months. Have you have you taken your distillers out around Bathurst and let them just go nuts and see? Do they remember all those gear changes <laughs> and how to take the take the turn? Do, do they you, suffer from PTSD? That's what we want to know. Do, Let's... Do, they, do they pick up the missed gears? Yeah. <laughs> What are their times like? Are they blithering yeah. idiots that yeah. are in therapy yeah. now because you've, you've just shot them? Well, the, the, the best thing, like, that's that's very expensive <laughs> thing to do um, is to let uh, distillers loose in expensive racing cars. But that's why we've got sim racing these days. Oh, so yeah. in a lot of the a lot of the corporate suites at various supercars events and motor racing events around the world, you'll be able to, while the race is going on, while you're enjoying a few Neds or a few grain shaker vodkas or whatever, you can get on the the racing seat and have a little go and um, mm -hmm. yeah, let's like about? let's we won't we won't be getting headhunted for any major teams anytime soon. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Max Verstappen doesn't missed, have to worry. Missed opportunity. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, that's that's hilarious. So where did no, but, but like, I mean, like we went on a bit sidetracked there, but that's I guess a little bit of what we would like to. I'll I'll, I'll take another one actually. That just green so just on that same train of thought. So. Yeah. This is this is net OG, right? Forty percent, seven hundred mils. Retails around sixty bucks. I hate talking about price when it comes to whiskey. You you taste the whiskey first without knowing what the price is or anything about it. If you like the flavour, then go deeper. But just for the sake of this argument, we're looking at about seventy five here for the new green sash, which is forty four percent, and and slightly older. Um, yep. It's richer. But what we actually do here is we we get reserve grade barrels, so barrels that we've identified throughout the the tasting process up to the, the second um, year um, and go, okay, that's looking for things we want. When we harvest, we harvest over oak blocks. So literally barrel, oak blocks in there and we've got to harvest. And so a true, almost like a cold drip coffee press. So we're oh, adding God. a different oak influence into it. And the best thing that I had was when we first released this, it says, um, I have to find it where it's, uh, it, it says something like this, you know, harvested. Uh, yeah, so we, we harvest them over oak for additional character. And a very good mate of mine, and I dare say a very good mate of yours and a very well-respected person in the Australian whiskey industry, I was speaking to him and I was like, what, what is that, you know, 
wanking marketing wank harvested over like what does that mean i was like okay so you know how we you harvest whiskey and it was like yeah so you know you know what oak is and it was like yeah it's like so we harvest over oak and it's like oh okay but i just love that concept that the mind and this person works quite extensively in in single malt um and Scottish single malt was just, and their, their rules are so stringent. And that's great because they, they've got 200 years consistently have been able to do that really, really well. Yeah. Had to recalibrate to what the English words, the English language words that he understood on our bottle actually meant. He understood them, but he used to understand them in a whiskey brain, you know? And it's 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 something that I, I love because it does change the character with because I can show you exhibit A and exhibit B. And exhibit A from the bottom of the barrel, exhibit B, which comes under the oak, and you know Dean um, Dean Leslie, who's our our um, distillery manager, he he in charge of this will manage the oak and sort of put blocks out and back in um, at that process, and it's completely different. And I love having that process of you know the nature where we are, the the, the style of whiskey that we make. We get yeah. put against some big big brands, and particularly big American brands, particularly with the word sour mash, and some of their premiums, their step ups. Uh, are extra filtered. They're very proud. Like they, they will go out and say, this is our filtration process. And this one, our premium is extra filtered for smoothness and elegance and whatnot. And as you know, when you filter, you subtract, right? Yeah. We are very, very happy where net OG is. You know, it's, it's not even chill, chill filtered, really. You know, right. we want to keep all that structure. So our filtration, uh, you know, or whatever you want to call it, is actually adding more flavor in. Mm. It's going bigger. Let's 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 not do it because other people have done it. And I think, you know, Green Sash, you know, and, and Sounds of Bathurst are great examples of and you know, every idea is a good idea until it tastes bad. Not gonna lie. There have been some ideas that have missed the mark, you know, that just went, okay, good idea, it's not working for us. Let's think of something else. But through and again, I can take no credit for this at all, but the team at the distillery who day in, day out sit there. And as, as you know, um, Crafty and Todd, there's a bit of time when you're distilling um, and you, you've done your cleaning and your tax work and then your second round of cleaning and your second round of tax work to go, what if? And I love that TSI as a public company goes, go for it. Yeah. Until it tastes bad or until it doesn't make sense for whatever reason, yeah. go for it. I think we've made, in those two cases, and you know, there's lots of things about Net OG, but you know, these are probably easy to talk about. Just go, why not? Because if we try and fight them in their own way, trying to make an American bourbon style whiskey here that's to the mm. to the letter bourbon or an Australian single malt that's to the letter bourbon to compete with, you know, um, you know, your your shivers and your jack and your gym, we're gonna have a bad time and we're gonna lose. Mm. You know, we, we are we are premium Australian spirits with an Australian accent. And I think that's you know, that Australian so, accent piece is really important. So where do you think that leaves us though? in terms of standards Good. for Australian whiskey. If, if all bets are off, then does that open us up to problems? I, I mean, great, great question. And I think this is an ongoing conversation that we need to have and we need to have quite quickly. Yes. Um, because as, as you know, the, the legislation around, or so the regulations around what whiskey is in Australia is, a little bit loose at the, at the best of times. Um, there's some very vague hundred-year-old definitions, but the same goes for rum. Yeah, you know, the same goes for, for gin and a few other things. Um, 
like I think we would in in at, at TSI and at Ned we wouldn't do anything. I, I don't think that is we knew would be deceptive. Mm, you know, yeah. if, if you want if you want to know about any part of our process, we're happy to tell you. You know, mm. if, if you want to if you if you see a photo of the distillery and say Scott, what's that sitting in the background? What's what's that machine do? You know, we're we're pretty happy to to say okay, that does this or that does that. Um, you know, we're, we're we're a lauded sour mash, you know, which is very unusual. You know, most sour mash whiskies will be fermented on grain. So, a lot of people who know who've worked in the distilleries and know a lot will sort of point that stuff out um, to us. But I think transparency is is key. You know, I, I wouldn't say that you know whiskey is anything that it that it isn't. Um, but I think, and and there's a balance. Honestly, I don't know where that balance is. Mm. I I wouldn't want to lock us into like a, a a set of laws that are as stringent as a as what bourbon is or what single malt is yeah, now. Because because, because yeah. we haven't had the chance to figure out who we want who we want to be. I mean, and it's not yeah. just like we're pushing, but you know, look at what Archie Rose are doing. Look at what seventy eight degrees are doing. You know, with their um, you know, with their native grain stuff and, and you know, yeah. what Whippersnapper do and all that sort of stuff. And I would hate for that innovation to be stifled. Yeah. Um, there's obviously some things that we, we, we don't want to, to happen. You know, we, we want the consumer to know exactly what's coming, what, 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 what they're getting out of their bottle. Yeah. Um, so transparency is key. But, you know, I mean, I would like 99% of people in this country have no idea what a single malt is. Mm. Yeah, conversations I have, and again, is is that bourbon is a whiskey, that you know, bourbon is a, is something, and whiskey is Scotch, which is different. So, yeah. I, I think let's not get too hung up on the minutiae of things. It's obviously very important, but ninety nine percent of the like, we would never do it. But I could put a a single malt sticker on a on a bottle of Ned and say, well, we malted all the grains for this run, but it's yeah. corn, wheat, and barley. You know, where's the single malt definition? And then you could say, well, hold on. Actually, under ACCC consumer law, you know, you're misleading the consumer. And I reckon I'd win that case because I don't think 99.9% of the world of Australian community know what a single malt is. So in our bubble, yep. let's let's not be too careful to go too far down that track. Let's, yep. let's define what we want Australian whiskey to be as first. 100% agree. And I'm going to add to, to what you said there because it's... It is very it's topical. Becoming a very hot topic. It's a very hot topic. And it will be discussed over the weekend. Yeah, sure. definitely will be discussed over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, but there's a danger that people are going to go to corners, right? Yeah. And it's not going to be a debate. It's going to be just shouting at, at each other, right? At one end of the scale, you've got Australia has all this freedom, right? Uh, we don't have a lot of constraints on how we make whiskey. Uh, we're creative, we're innovative, we don't need any more regulation, leave us alone, you know, look away, look away. Mm. You're going to stifle creativity, right? The other end of the spectrum is we need, we need regulation because there is cowboys out there and there is things being done which are detrimental to brand whiskey Australia. Um, now, I cop it in the neck from, from distillers, <laughs> and they, they go crafty and others and others and they go yeah. crafty shut the fuck up just worry about your own business and my position is brand whiskey australia is my business 
right? So I believe that, this is my own personal opinion, that we do need a tighter definition of what is Australia whiskey, but we don't have to do what the Scotch are doing. We don't have to do what the Americans are doing. We can define our own set of rules and we need to factor in innovation and competitiveness and not stifling things. I'd go even further. The, the legislation going back to 19, whatever it is, I can't remember, right? Barley, you know, barley, water, yeast, that's whiskey, smells like whiskey, tastes like whiskey, two years in wood, right? It doesn't reflect manufacturing processes modern day. And if you look at manufacture of washes, a sizable amount of washes in Australia are sourced from breweries. And that's distilleries working with breweries and creating mash bills and recipes and that. The use of it, of adjusting your water chemistry, the use of enzymes, the, 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 there's so many things. The use of antifoam for, for want of a, you know, something simple, right? It's not in the original regulation. Should we not have rules and guidelines reflecting current day modern practices of making whiskey as opposed to the, the mythical Scottish, you know, barley, um, yeast and, and water? And I think yeah. we need to have an intelligent conversation about it. And can I, can I give a real world example of where that's going to come, you know, to be quite important yep. is um, export. Absolutely. You know? So you, you look, look at Europe, which Australian whiskey industry, we need Europe to be a big market for us. We haven't really, we haven't really touched the sides on it yet because no one's had the scale to do it, but there's, you know, there's distilleries and, you know, we'll include ourselves in that conversation that want to go over to Europe three years minimum. So okay, like that's that's a that's a real world example that to be able to call we we've seen Starwood release Australian spirit over there in the past in in yep. in England particularly when they were part of the EU you know that was you know had to be called a, a Australian spirit or whatever they called it mm. so that's that's a, that's a really obvious one that you know is really easy for consumers to understand you know how old is this thing can it legally be called whiskey where I'm drinking it so. You know, there's obviously a lot of other things that need to come with that, and we, we just need to have that framework so that as an as an export, um, you know, country, we can yeah. say to trading partners around the world, whether that be America, Europe, the UK, whoever it is, to say, hey, you know what you're going to get when you get Australian whiskey when you see those words. Um, so, if, if you want to go down to, you know, enzymes and yeast, you know, like that's maybe that's part of a broader framework that you like it needs to happen again this is for people smarter than i to to figure out but yeah so like, that's why i sort of say like that we it'd be it'd be great to to have that framework and understand what it is so that we can be the world can understand us as well as our own consumers yeah. and, and let's be honest like crafty yeah. like you you're, you and i having this conversation going around in circles you have it online with with people on the internet what hope in hell do consumers have of understanding it if, if we can't get our heads around it. So it is, it is something facing us. Um, yeah. I, I, again, like this, this weekend coming up, I think it's going to be a big topic of discussion. And I mean, I know it already has been, and you know, there's been trips over to, you know, th this is not something we're having as, as an echo chamber as well. I, I know that, you know, we, we're, we're talking to Europe. We, we, we're talking to America going, okay, what would you, you know, what, what, what would you be comfortable with? You know, and, and what's going to make our, our lives easier in not not next year 
in 10 years, in 20 years, in 50 years. Um, Because you also don't want to fuck it up, right? You know, you don't want to go back and do this process again. No, no. And that's why we have to, there is some urgency, as you said, because things are moving so quickly, right? And yeah, there needs to be some, some clear understanding and boundaries that can be communicated articulately to a consumer. And they go, yeah, I get it. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 the, it's the growing. The, these are growing pains of a very very young industry. True, and yeah. you know we were sort of you know thirty years down the track, roughly from you know this modern Australian whiskey. What's well, probably like the you know the second or third phase of Australian um, whiskey distilling. The nature of making whiskey means that you know thirty years in wine or craft beer. Yeah, you would have sorted your shit out. You know everything would have shuffled out into a, like a consistency. We're still years away from it. Like we're still trying to figure out, um, you know, you, you, you look at like, we, we are, we are nowhere where we, we want to be in terms of, we got far more stock maturing than we have on the market. We still are running out of, of, of stock, you know, it's still management, still a huge thing, you know, Starwood, like, and, and Archie Rose, I'm not going to speak for those brands, but from what I can see as someone standing on the outside, you know, upgrades have done to both those distilleries and the new botany. We have never seen where the capacity of that is. We've never seen the potential of what that can be. You know, mm. there's a bunch of distilleries down in Tassie. You know, we haven't seen what their capacity can be or what what they what they can do. So, you know, we're still like I, it's still a start line. I think in in you know we're still at it. It's it's a big start line. You know, it's taken a couple of years to cross it, but I think I think we're still there. And and so I think that's why. You know, to to your point, craft. It needs to just be open discourse and not not mud slinging and and knowing that we're all pull on the same tractor, right? We're all heading in the right same direction. Mm. And on Good that up. note, we're going to throw Todd under the bus. Go. Are we? Yeah, because you yeah. had a question. Yeah, yeah mate. What's yep. my question? It nearly came out. I heard it. You, you took no, a deep, yeah, took but, a deep but breath. But then you fucked me up by telling me that you're going to throw me under the bus. Yes. And now it's time for. So this segment's pretty self-explanatory. That was horrific. And then they throw me under the bus thinking that I haven't done enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll have nightmares about that tonight. Thanks for that. <laughs> so back to Viagra. So... <laughs> <laughs> this is what he's got to put up with. All I can say is, if you pay peanuts, you, you yes, I was about to say, mate. Whatever your question is, can I can I ask you one first? Are they paying you yet? <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They, he, oh, me. I'm not paid either. I earned yeah. I earned more when I was 22, <laughs> I think, than what I earn now. <laughs> And remember, I'm one year off from getting a, a, a pensioner's bus pass. Yeah, you are. Old. And, and discount at pubs. That's right. So so you, you can get like $1 um, train fares out to Lithgow and then bus to, to Kakati. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's right. When, when he was born, dirt wasn't invented. <laughs> <laughs> right. Question time, Todd. Hit Scotty. Hit him with something. Anything. So on Saturday night, whereabouts are you going for a drink? Oh damn, that was a soft. Saturday night. Saturday night will be after the Australian Whiskey Show. We will be in Albert Park area, so it'll be somewhere in the city. 
Um, I, I dare say why ruin the habits of a lifetime and start at Whisk and Almond and head to Hats and Tats. And there's the new city Hats and Tats, post-COVID yeah. location Hats and Tats, and then maybe Heartbreaker uh, yeah. after that. And then look at the phone, realise I haven't checked in and panic uh, is probably the <laughs> plan for Saturday <laughs> night. Yeah, really? So, right. Sounds so, like so you're probably going to have a couple of tag-alongs. Well, <laughs> I would hazard a guess since since Scotty works for, for Ned's and mm. I work for Craftworks. Mm. Well, apparently I do, but maybe <laughs> I don't. Scotty's flying down yeah. and getting put, put up. Yeah. How are we getting there? We're training it. We're, you love it, Scotty. We're doing. We're doing. I've, the, I've, uh, I've done it many times, and I'm I'm paying for the hotel. I'm paying for my hotel because I'm hanging around for the Grand Prix the week after, so I'm down for a little while. So, mm-hmm. if, if you ask me nicely, uh, a sharing a single cabin. Yeah, if, if if you ask me nicely, I can say no to my couch. <laughs> so um, so who's your who's your pick next week? Do you think Alonso is is He's, he's a stayer. Do you think he's, he's showing real form in Aston Martin? Do you think um, Verstappen's getting really shitty and because Perez is starting to give him a bit of a hard time? What's your take Imagine, on it all? Generally incredibly um, incredibly boring circuit to watch car racing at for the past decade or so. Uh, so I'm more interested in the corporate ho- hospitality suite offerings. Um, <laughs> and considering there's only going to be one I'm allowed anywhere near, I'm going to say the Grove... Uh, supercars suite, which Ooh, uh, nice. if I can smuggle some of the uh, local product in, will be by far and away the winner of the weekend. There's nothing. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise I'll, I'll see you in the in the grandstands if I uh, get knocked back. Uh, very good. Well, we've 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 hit the hour mark, right? We got anything? Um... Have we got anything coming up? Yeah, yeah we, have, we have one or two things coming up. What have we got coming up? Well, we have was it the what's the festival that Lukey is doing? Oh, oh yeah, so this weekend, people, um, the Blue Mountains um, Flavors Festival, uh, expecting between ten and fifteen thousand people. If uh, you're one of those ten or fifteen thousand people coming, come to see Lukey at Riverborn and ask him questions about this Riverborn because I've been tasting them all tonight. And I know them all intimately now. That's right. It should be shits and giggles. Go and see him. It'll be great. And mm. when you finish with him, pop next door to Craftworks. <laughs> oh, but yeah. I, oh, yeah. Please come and see Craftworks. No, we won't be there. We'll be down in Melbourne. So, <laughs> yeah, so we're doing our first where we actually pour a whiskey and Coke and gin and tonic, Scotty. Um, it's going to be quite scary. We've never done it before. So... And we still haven't. We still haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've got the Blue Mountains. And then, of course, we've got the Australian... Lucas, g'day, bud. We've got the um, Australian Whiskey Show down in Melbourne, which is going to be awesome, as awesome as what it was <coughs> last year. Looking forward to catching up with, with friends there and swapping samples. And uh, then we've got the Australian Distillers uh, Association Conference, which mm. is going to be super awesome, as it was last year. Um, and then uh, life returns to normal after um, a crazy, crazy few days. Yeah. And then we've got the Waterford event. We've got the Waterford event in April. Keep your eye out for tickets because those are going to go very fucking quickly. If there are any tickets left, given that we've reserved quite Absolutely. a few. And 
the other one, which is an important one to mention, the Dubbo Winter Whiskey Festival. Hey, uh, which yeah, is yeah. in June. Um, that is in oh, Dubbo. That's why it's called the Dubbo Winter Whiskey Festival. It's uh, a thing which is growing. Uh, it's getting a lot of traction. Um, it's going to be the it's going to be the Isla Festival in the future for Australia. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm picking that. People getting out to the country under the stars, experience the Central West. And Scotty, what's your part in all this? Because you're involved in it big time, aren't you? Uh, dance floor mainly. Um, <laughs> but to, to earn my right on the dance floor, um, Friday night at the distillers dinner, yep. um, a bunch of distillers coming in. I think it's well and truly sold out. Um, but, yeah, I'll be doing a bit of... I guess you'd call it rough hosting, introducing people to, to the crowd as, as as we go along, maybe tell a few stories and try and make a few impromptu dance floors break out. But, um, yeah, <laughs> but basically that, that pays for my dance floor ticket to the Sunday, other Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And you went last year. It was the inaugural event last <laughs> year, wasn't it? Unbelievable. I've, I've been going to the – so it's run by the um, – establishment bar, uh, Robin Tennille out who owned that out there. And again, another Oak Barrel connection came to a few Oak Barrel tastings and said, Hey, would you be interested in, in coming out and doing some stuff out there? So, wow. um, great, great community and, and often overlooked because, you know, it's, I'm, I'm in Sydney, right? I go, it's not that far. It's like what? Five, 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 five and a bit, yeah, five and a bit, depending on the traffic. Yeah. So it, it is a little way as, as a drive. Um, <laughs> Beautiful train. Um, I'm going to try and do the train again this year. Nice. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous train out. Um, but you know, it's just it's, a, it's such a great uh, community of, of people who a lot of people who have grown up in Dubbo moved moved away and then come back and you yeah. know drop the date and partner with them and set up a family there. Um, a lot of people who've who've been in Dubbo maybe you know recently. Um, you know, there's a bit of it's not a like a transient town like Alice Springs or anything like that is, but you know the zoo, you know, creates a lot of um, employment for people, so people will stay a couple of years there. So it's just a great, great place to be. Um, great, great brewery out there, a couple of great bars, and there's just no bullshit. You know? Yeah, it's just have, having a bit of fun, a bit, bit of good honest fun, and, and just enjoying yourself. It's the Central cool. West, and there's one other we should mention. It would be remiss of us if we didn't. <clears throat> and that is the final, the final Blackgate Distillery World Whiskey Day. They've announced this is it. Um, so that is on, it should be on everyone's whiskey uh, bucket list. We've done it a number of times. You've done it, Scotty. Um, when that falls off the calendar. I was kicked out of it. You were kicked out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happens when you start singing Elton John. Uh, you know, badge of honor. You're asking for way, it. Way, way, Delilah. <laughs> yeah, no, tiny dancer. Uh, yeah, so those guys out there who have not experienced the Blackgate hospitality, they're, they're You've got one last chance. Yeah, so get yeah. in there. Uh, tickets will sell quickly. I think they're on sale now from memory. Uh, Brian and Janice. I should look that up. Um, yeah. I, I spoke to Brian a couple of weeks ago. I said, mate, are you retiring? And he goes, well, it depends on how you define retiring. I so, thought he already did. Nah. <laughs> they're sucking the marrow out of life. Oh, That's what they're doing. That's it. Which is which is great. And on that note, I think it's a good note. Our sponsor. Okay, oh, yeah. Sorry, just 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 crafty. Going back to one of the first questions you asked me tonight. Yeah. Know what you want to be and what you want to get out of it. 
Brian yeah. and Janice from Blackgate Distillery are quintessential poster children for that. Yeah. You know, they they make as, as much whiskey as they're comfortable with. They sell it all and they seem to have an incredible quality of life considering they don't really work anymore as far as I can tell. So, <laughs> like, that, like, we, we need the Ned whiskeys. We need the Top Shelves. We need the Archie Roses, the Starwoods, the Larks. You need your Sullivan's Coves. You need everyone in the middle. You, you need your Black Gates, you know, the, the ones that the, the ones that will stay, the ones that will go. Parramatta just score a try. That's good to see. Up uh, ten eight, kick to come. Um, that like know know what you want to be and, and be very clear on that. I think is is such a great lesson to learn for for all distillers of all sides. I mean, you know, obviously at Top Shelf we want to take over the world. It's slightly grander than just taking over Mandurin, but we know what we want to do, right? <laughs> and so you can plan and build towards that. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. What, one of my uh, one of my great things was uh, Brian used to kick my ass about production. He'd go, "Crafty, uh, how much you produce?" And I'd tell him, and he'd go, "Fuck, come on, you, know, you got to do more than that. Come on, push it, push it." The day I surpassed Brian in production, which is not actually saying much, um, it was like a woo. You know, it was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I feel come back. Yeah. He doesn't hassle me now. <laughs> he doesn't actually talk to me now. <laughs> so get your bloody production going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get he's, there. He's going to beat you this year. Yeah, yeah. He probably will, actually. <laughs> he only has to tip over the bucket. And, he'll... <laughs> and on that note. Uh, so what have you got coming up? Where, where can we find you? What's happening? What's coming up for Ned and yourself? So look, Ned, 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 whiskey. We we this this is the year of the green sash as far as as we're concerned. I was, I was going to tell a story about green sash, but um, go for it, go for it, go for it. Time. Oh, look, it's been it's been it's been it's been really interesting. So you know, the Ned OG retails for about sixty bucks. You know, the one that you probably see around, and this is now in a lot of independent stores around the around the country, um, as well as First Choice and, and Liquorland. So that's that's Coles Group. Yeah. Um, Physically don't have enough stock to supply both of the major ones in, in the country, but hopefully that changes. Um, but it is it is a certain price point, right? So it's been really interesting. A lot of bars I went to, particularly in Sydney, my hometown, where it was actually too cheap to go on the back bar because for the price they would have to price they would sell it for, they're not making physical dollar value margins like the, the margin percentage is there but the dollar value margin is there so it's been, it's been really interesting to sort of see how you know the green sash you know which is in your your baxters it's in your whiskey ailments it's in all these sort of places because they you know and it is you know it's got 44 percent on it it makes a kraken aussie aussie old-fashioned um i think it's a really interesting um story in, or, or perhaps case study Mm. of how, yeah. you know, you, you wouldn't think, you know, crafty at your level, 15 bucks is, is a huge difference in, in a retail price for, for people or for other distilleries. But for us, it made all the world a difference. And I think, you know, going back to that brand building sort of piece, um, you know, brands that wanted to support us, but the OG just didn't make sense. There's obviously other venues where the OG makes a lot of sense as their first pour, you know, replaces the bourbon or whatever it is, as their first pour whiskey for, for everything that they do there. And Green Sash will sit on the, the back bar as a, as a specialty. 
but certain bars will punch through a lot more green sash than they will any anything else. And and you know, even like the the um, the retail side of things where people are trying to expand their Australian whiskey collection or, or just whiskey collection in general, and they they can build that ladder, you know. And we're, we're obviously with our grain mash bill, we lean a little bit towards that American consumer mindset. You know, yeah. so if, if you've got a Starwood twofold sitting next to a Ned Green Sash, beauty, we got a, you know, for lack of a better word, Scottish style and a American style, obviously very, very broad sweeping generalizations there, but we're yeah, starting yeah. to build that tree out as an industry. Um, which is great. So for, for me, this is the year of the green sash. Like, and what I said before, there's a, you know, any preconceptions on that, it goes into a can, so it can't be good. Chuck a green sash in front of people and you just see people, you get two reactions. You get the, the honest, gee, that's, mate, that's good. That's real good. And then you get the, shit, that's good. Really wanted to hate that, but that's good. <laughs> you, get, you, get, you get both of those reactions. So both, yeah. both, of, both of them are, a, um, are encouraging. Um, so, look, that's going to be a thing. We're obviously at the um, Australian Whiskey Show on Saturday with George on Collins from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. tomorrow night. Um, just a free, free tasting. So if you're in Melbourne, want to come down for a drink, come and say good day. Um, we'll have some Ned cocktail specials as well. Again, green nice. sash cracking old fashioned. Then, um, if you are attending the ADA, we'll be s- s- slinging some welcome drinks. Um, Melbourne Cocktail Symposium on Tuesday for those who aren't doing the distillery tour. Australian Distillers Festival on the Saturday after. I won't be there because I will be running around at the Grand Prix, but my colleague and very capable Hugo at Abbotsford Convent. And then the Victorian Whiskey Festival, something crafty and Todd, you're not invited to. Um, run by our friends yeah, at Almond. <laughs> as part of Melbourne Food and, and Wine uh, Festival um, yeah. down there for the what is the uh, Sunday the second. So basically, all, all weekends um, booked up, and then I'm sure I've got something in the calendar, but I'm not worried about that yet because it's <laughs> got to get these ones over the line first. So yeah, but lo- lo- lots lots of good stuff. Um, but you know, I reckon it's just our, our job for the next year. Is, is eyeballs and liquid on lips, you know, let's let's move the needle of Australian spirits consumption in this country. If, if um, again, I don't know the exact figures, but if wine and beer, what we consume in Australia, 80% of it is made here. If for spirits it's 8%, then, okay, we've got a bit of a job to do. And I, unfortunately, that isn't done at $100, $200, $300 a lot of that responsibility is going to fall to brands like us and other um, distilleries in Australia that have, you know, sub $80 whiskies. Mm. So converting that is, is the main job. So we're looking forward to it. I want to comment on that. I was going to comment on it earlier. Well, okay. so, we start to wrap up and then you... Yeah, well, he started. He started. Um, <laughs> I did. I apologise. So the the when and I'll just use twofold as an example. When twofold came out on the market, there was very much two schools of thought with distillers. One was that's great, right, and the other one was oh fuck, you know that's a low ball price position. Yeah. That's not good for the industry. The I saw it, and a lot of distillers saw it this way as a really positive thing, because it's creating a runway 
mm. into Australian whiskey. It's a gateway drug. It's a gateway, exactly. Yeah. And so then what happens is, you know, people come in and, they, and they'll drink Ned's, for example, right? And they'll go, oh, wow, this is great. You know, this is, oh, this is what Australian whiskey is about. Oh, so what happens if I spend a little bit more? What else is out there? And so it's good for the, for the industry, right? Mm. So the likes of yourself and Archie Rose and Lark and, and, and others that are, that, that are you know, pushing that as well as other things, it, it's, I personally think it's great for the industry. And the other thing, just quickly, I'd love to hear it because we didn't talk about it. Just in 50 words or less, tell us about Grain Shaker and Agave Spirit. So Grain Shaker Australian Vodka, corn, wheat and rye vodka made through pot still um, trying to show like trying to make great vodka where it's not just a vehicle for alcohol you know we, we want to we have the best farmers in the world in this country in my opinion we should make the best byproducts from their their grains that they grow one of those things is spirits is vodka and whiskey and that sort of thing as Parramatta converted penalty to go 16 to 8 up 15 minutes to play at Combank Stadium thank you very much <coughs> Marita, Marita Vodka. So, you know, world's best flavoured vodka at, at the yeah. World Vodka Awards. Yeah. Uh, Grain Shaker Corn took out um, Australia's best neutral neutral vodka. So um, a yeah. bit of internal high-fiving on some chats with uh, Nick and Ali on that one. Um, but <laughs> so we, 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 we make a, an Australian vodka, which, again, that we can go into that in my new show. But, yeah, I think probably the one I get asked the most about is uh, a new coming brand called Active Treason. Right. Which is Australian agave spirit. Um, mm -hmm. Essentially tequila, but made in Australia. Obviously, we can't call it tequila. Yeah. Again, yep. we're approaching it the same way we do with Ned and with Grain Shaker. Just because tequila has been done that way for X amount of years doesn't mean we need to do it that way. Um, mm -hmm. we're, uh, we've got just over half a million plants up in Bowen, um, wow. which is... Uh, yeah, with, with Sundays up in near Early Beach, um, which is 20 degrees south of the equator. Um, Jalisco is 20 degrees north of the equator. If you look at a lot of the temperatures and things, there's a lot of similarities there. The, the, um, the agave strain we're using is, is, a, is, 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 a, is a blue weather um, that's been naturalized over the course of, a, of, of you know, decade and a bit you know with pups coming and pups coming and pups coming so they're they're well and truly used to the australian brand now the distillery is almost built um mm -hmm. a few little things to go in in yet and so yeah october november there's not going to be a lot in the first run to be quite honest we're going to make a i think we'll make a splash for about a month and then put the sold out signs up unfortunately for a little while longer after that but we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a plan of attack there but um i think it's going to be very be exciting a good conversation to have in October, November when you're opening yeah. to talk just about agave spirit because that's certainly something that I'm quite interested in. Uh, Todd and I are going to go to the Oak Barrel next week mm. for a, a mezcal, mezcal tasting, uh, tasting, which will I be was invited, wasn't it? You were invited. You're the one who booked us. You oh, booked okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> and certainly I think uh, mezcal and tequila and agave spirit is definitely a, uh, mm. another growth area for Australian spirits. And uh, I do have to give a, a little plug to our friends at Black Snake. Yeah. Black Snake, yeah. inc incredible juice. Their pachuga is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and and love, Dirt Road up in North Queensland as well make a really... Sorry? <laughs> I love I love feeding the uh, pachuga to vegans <laughs> but not telling them. 
Definitely, definitely not a vegetarian, vegetarian spirit that one. Um, but yeah, look, I, I love their stuff and um, and uh, Dirt Road up in North Queensland as well, making some really cool, um, particularly their Blanco. I'm a big fan of. So yep. we, we, we're certainly not the first um, this in Australia. We're certainly not claiming to be, but we will be the biggest and yeah. and be a bit of a Trojan horse as well. So mate, that's gonna that's a whole. Um, as you said, it's a whole different conversation. But yeah. a very, very exciting uh, one. Book that in for later in the year. Exciting yeah. times. <laughs> Australian Indeed. spirits, exciting times. Well, well, we can get a little bit of a taste of what it tastes like. Well, certainly yeah. I'll, I'll expect that we're going to get like yeah, samplers yeah. early on. And, you know, we, we've done a lot of R&D and a lot of that is around yeast and, and that sort of thing. But mm -hmm. it's right. been done at a different distillery, obviously, than the one that we're building right now. Yeah. So... I have indicative flavour profiles of where we think it's going to go, yep. but until we we run off that still and and start bottling or settling and bottling, um, then we'll know what the the final product is yeah. looking like. That would be very interesting. I'm looking forward to that. You and me both, baby. Sounds good. So as we switch yeah. to sparkling water, sparkling we're, water we're, we're winding up. On the um, yep, we don't have any sponsors. No, we, do, we do. Well, no one's paid us yet, so... Well, you so got, you, you, they're, I, they're telling me you haven't sent the emails. I've sent every fucking email. Well, you, and they're getting reminders in it. Yep. Right, call That's them in. Fuck them. Call them in. We yeah. do have sponsors. We have yes, Save the Glass. Sponsors, fuck them. Who needs them? Yeah. Uh, have, I haven't built them yet. Save a Glass. We have Save a Glass. Okay. That's yep. a sponsor. All right. Okay. We have uh, well, Seven Valleys. Is free stuff No. All right. No, they're paying. Seven Valleys. Um... Motel, ho motel, hotel. Anyway, I'll get that right. Motel, I'm hotel. Um, about them. Cool. Yep. Voyager Craft Malt. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Shoot. Yep. Yep. Uh, Andrew Young. Youngie. Yep. He's back. Yep. Um, I'm not too sure of the rest, but anyway, we've got our Ben 10. Ben, ben 10. The Gin, Gin Appreciation Society. Oh, yeah. The Gin Appreciation Society are going to sponsor us. Yeah. How cool is that? That's, that means we can continue our Making. addiction. To coasters. To making coasters. To making coasters, because yeah, that's where all our money goes, just into making coasters. Yeah, yeah, And, and putting them out everywhere. It's like actually paying ourselves and, and making money off this, and we just make coasters. That's all we do. That's that's the whole purpose behind this, to feed our coaster habit. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> sure one or two will be I, 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 re I really hope it catches on for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wrap them up. All right. All right. On that note, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Please like and subscribe, all the usual shit. And uh, we will uh, – actually, when is our next episode? Is it next week? Next week? Oh, TBA. We've got to confirm that one. Oh, do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so we're back it's to booked it. In. I know it's booked in, we're but back. we've got to confirm but it. How can we confirm something that's booked in? Because we haven't talked to him. <laughs> he said yes. So, so when we say we, who do we refer, refer to? Anyway, yeah, we'll, thank we'll, you we'll all for out. watching. <laughs> Cheers, Scotty. Thank you. Go enjoy, Go enjoy your day. Thanks, thanks for having me. I'll see, see you.